2: with a time
3: machine? What about the warrior? This is the
0: Stupid Cancer Show. Uh-oh. Sounds like somebody's got a case of the Mondays. <laughs>
4: Hello there, children.
1: Hey, hey, kids. People <laughs> seem to like me because I
0: am polite and I'm rarely
3: late. And now, the hosts of the stupid cancer show, Lisa Bernhard and hard at Woohoo! does there's anything wrong with
4: us? Oh yeah.
5: Monday, September 6, 2010. And welcome to Season 7 of The Stupid what Cancer Show, The Voice of Young Adults with Cancer. I am Matthew Zachary, a 14 year young adult survivor of pediatric brain cancer.
0: And I'm Lisa Bernhardt, a 15 year young adult breast cancer survivor. And we are your hosts for The Stupid Cancer Show.
5: We've got cancer under 40? Sucks, huh? Well, get busy living. ...because the Stupid Cancer Show is back after a long hiatus, and we are here to change the world one chemo infusion at a time.
0: That's right, Matthew. And tonight's show, the Season 7 premiere, as you mentioned, Stand Up to Cancer, with Laura Ziskin, breast cancer survivor, award-winning film and television producer and director, and one of the co-founders of Stand Up to Cancer. They've got a huge TV show coming up this Friday... Ethan Zahn, young adult survivor, you know him, you love him, from the very first survivor, Survivor Africa, Hodgkin's lymphoma survivor, founder of Grassroots Soccer, and the chairman of the board, Dr. Leonard Sender, M.D., the chairman of the I2Y board, clinical professor of medicine, director of clinical oncology services at the Chow Family Comprehensive Cancer Center.
5: Now, as a reminder, this broadcast is a production of the I'm Too Young for This Cancer Foundation. Online at i2y.com, we help young adults fight cancer every day, and we are bringing the cause of cancer under 40 to the national spotlight, because it's not okay that 70,000 young adults are diagnosed with cancer every year, and that's seven times more than pediatrics. So hello, friends, and welcome to yet another fun-filled and exciting run through the hay on tonight's Stupid Cancer Show, where remission is not a cure. And survivorship is all that matters.
0: And the stupid cancer. Welcome, Matthew, to all of our first-time listeners on the Blog Talk Radio network and on iTunes, as we broadcast live from the Chemo Deck, our fabulous, brand-spanking new studio in downtown Manhattan.
5: And it is brand-spanking new. That's right. It's 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 the crap awesomeness of, of Gasm <laughs> something. Anyway, please welcome our Chief Cancer Anarchist, Vice President of Grassroots Programming, Mr. Jack Bufard.
1: Good evening, Matthew and Lisa. How are you? Hello, Jack. How are you? It's
0: the newly adult Jack Bufard for about five seconds. Okay. Back to you, Jack.
1: (laughs) Yes. Thank you. And you know what? That was a struggle for me.
5: (laughs) Yes, it was. Jack will be monitoring our live concurrent interactive chat room on stupidcancershow.com if you'd like to log in right now. If you have any questions for our guests during the show, let him know, and we'll do our best to get them answered.
0: And as always, we're joined in spirit, not live in the studio, but we are joined in spirit by our fabulous broadcast production assistant and young adult survivor, Amanda Freeman. Amanda, we are rooting for you, pulling for you, wishing you all our best.
5: Yes, we love Amanda. We're sending you our best. We know you're listening. And uh, we love you, Zesty. Zesty, yes, which is her nickname, her First ascent nickname. Yes, and First Ascent, for our new listeners out there, is a amazing national organization for young adults, Affected by cancer, uh, they do river rafting and kayaking and hiking all across the, uh, mountain. Rock climbing. Rock climbing. Uh, the mountain zone of the United States.
0: Amanda's been on that. Jack's been on that. Amanda's, uh, got, uh, sarcoma that was in her drawing. She's had a little bit of a, of a rough patch. She's battling some stuff, but she's in good hands and, uh, she's got a lot of nicknames because she's, she's darn tough. She's a warrior. She is. Warrior princess. And, Matt, we've got some folks in studio with us.
5: Yes, we uh, welcome, again, our brand-new, brand-new, brand-new renovated uh, chemo deck here. The uh, broadcast production home of the Stupid Cancer Show was gutted this summer, and uh, we are very excited to have a, a facility that is uh, fitting uh, to actually have real people here enjoying themselves. And uh, live in our studio tonight.
0: We, we don't know that they're enjoying themselves, well, but they're
5: here. we're assuming they're enjoying themselves, but <laughs> so they're not screaming, running out the door with their eyes bleeding. Not yet. Not yet. That's later to come. Right. Anyway, Catherine... <laughs> Catherine. <laughs> Catherine, 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 Tara Marina, uh, welcome to the show, Rockstar Sissy. How are you doing?
0: I'm good. What
5: was your cancer diagnosis?
0: Hodgkins.
1: The good. Oh, kind. I love Hodgkins. That's the best kind of cancer to get. Hodgkins is my favorite. <laughs> oh my god. Well, it sucks. Yes, it does. Yes, it
5: does. We love to <laughs> have you here. We're very happy to have you here. We'll get back to you in one second, but I want to welcome Aaron Eloise Tolberg. To the show, a young adult breast cancer survivor who we met at the OMG Cancer Summit uh, in May. We love breast uh, in cancer. And yeah. our uh, brand new Vice President of Operations, Mr. Kenneth Kane, is
1: in studio tonight.
0: Look at them. They're yeah. waving
1: across the room because they're, they're on the couch and they're very cozy and comfy. I don't think they're going to get up. Yes. They're,
0: they're canoodling as always.
1: So let's just assume they're going to say hi to the audience. They're,
0: they're otherwise known as Mr. and Mrs. Ginger because they both have glorious red hair. They're a canoodling couple. They met at one of our events, is that right? It is right.
1: They met at the at the cocktail party the night before the OMG conference. Wow. And Kenny was quite smitten because he came over to me and his shirt was covered with drool. <laughs> and he said, "You see that girl over there? I just bought her a drink and she accepted it." So, I don't know what he put in it because they're still together.
0: They they live together now.
1: They do. She moved from why I don't know why I'm telling this story. <laughs> when you're in the freaking room, but Yeah, so Aaron, which is the one on the right. Flew across the country (laughs) and moved from Washington State to Brooklyn. No. And they
0: and they live in Brooklyn.
1: And now now they're New Yorkers. This is what
0: this is what we can't believe, though. If you're Facebook friends with them, every other line on my Facebook feed is, "Kenny, I love you. Aaron, I love you too, sweetie. But sweetie, it's been three months, sixteen hours, forty-second minutes.
1: Where's my vomit bucket?"
0: But but baby, do I have a
1: vomit honey, here?
0: what are we doing tonight? I can't wait to. I miss you. Skype. It's very sweet. I skyped
1: you four seconds ago, and I'm going to reskype you in ten. <laughs> I don't have a blah sound cue here.
0: Yeah, we do. We do love them though.
1: We can. I'm sure I can come up with a natural one if we keep this, 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 <laughs> this topic going. But they are very adorable, though. They are no. I, they, they are our two resident gingers.
0: And we've, uh, thanks to everybody out there. We're so excited about this new season. We are up to, what is it, Matt, 250,000
5: 250, total? 259,400 listens
0: as listens of today. On show. And to put that in some perspective, folks, January of this year, we were at 30,000. Yes. Now, and that was for all of 2009.
5: Yes,
4: just that the was 2009. the
0: aggregate, for all of 2009, we were at 30,000 listens. We are now at nearly 260,000 listens.
1: Yes. Quite You're enjoy. welcome. It's I'm great. glad I could do my part. Yeah.
0: You know, if somebody here could actually do math, we could figure out the percentage growth on that. But not I don't think any of us are qualified. Our brains don't work that way. My right.
1: brain. I barely have, I barely am able to comprehend a 20% tip on my dinner. So
0: <laughs> if somebody in our chat room is out there who's smarter than we are, Jennifer can,
1: Owens in there, if they she can, can do she the can numbers and, yeah.
0: and do the percentage growth on that. We got some
1: I'd, smart people on our chat room.
0: I'd be interested to know that.
1: Yeah. I am very SMRT, but not when it comes no. to math. Oh, dear God.
0: Should we come back to Catherine or should we wait? No,
5: let's go back to Catherine. Okay. I, I mean, we can jump ahead to the, to the story that's re- relevant to her. So yes. why don't you tell, tell us about i 2 y International?
0: i 2 y International. Around the globe, here we go.
1: <laughs>
0: uh, we're prepared for all sorts of things around here. The human beatbox, Matthew Zachary. Human sound effects. Okay, so we were featured in Italy's largest newspaper, La Repubblica. I don't think they roll their R's there. I get that on my Kindle every after? day. Oh, do they? Maybe they do. I get that in my Kindle, yes. Uh, a uh, lovely young reporter named Angelo Acquaro, and I'm pretty sure I'm saying his name correctly there. Very nice guy. Uh, called me up to uh, do a show about celebrities and cancer and becoming public and speaking out about their cancer. And uh, one of whom was Patrick Swayze. And, in fact, his wife uh, will be on our show in a few weeks, Lisa Niemi, which we're yes, very excited very, about. Yes, very, very
5: excited. High-profile
0: show. Uh, will be a great show. Uh, and so uh, I talked to uh, lovely Angelo for this piece, and which ran in La Republica, And uh, we put a contest out there on Facebook for the person who could correctly translate my bit in the story. Some folks out there, they went right to the Google Translation page. didn't quite work because it comes up some kind of garbly gook on that page. So we said, you know what, that's not really the way to do it. And the writer translated a bit for me. And uh, lo and behold, we had a winner, the first person to come pretty close, close enough to what I actually said, uh, which we'll read for you. And that is none other than Catherine Catarina Tauromina, who is here with yeah. us tonight. You can actually speak Italian. Yeah. Because that you did and you won the contest. Hit us. Hit us with a little Italian. Sono Caterina Taormina. That's your name. I'm Zachary.
3: Perché? Lui ha dato un mio Linguini,
1: And may your first child be a masculine child.
0: I'm going to call up your email here, and you're going to give us a bit of the, the what you wrote as the uh, translation here. And for your efforts, you win a Stupid Cancer T-shirt and a SIG bottle. And I know Yay, you guys saying, what's a SIG bottle?
5: <laughs> a SIG bottle is an environmentally friendly water bottle that is made of stainless steel oh. that you can wash and it is recyclable.
0: Oh, I love that. Yes. Thank you. I love it. <laughs> So basically what you wrote, which was close enough, was they just talked about uh, my background in being a breast cancer survivor and being part of this association, I'm Too Young for This, how it's the definitive organization, as you've described it, as they wrote, for folks under 40 diagnosed with cancer. And uh, as the Italian writer called us, that we are provocatively titled The Stupid Cancer Show and mentioned Lisa Niemi coming on the show. And how it's important for Hollywood stars to come out with their story, not only to inspire others. But they can take control of their PR when they're victims of the paparazzi, when they're running to their chemotherapy treatments and they're not only having to deal with what's going on in their personal lives and with their health, but they're off, swatting off these flies who are following their every move. And how important it is to have humor uh, as that show on Showtime, The Big C, which is another stupid cancer yes. show that we're going to face Next week. Yes, the executive producer yes. of Darlene Hunt of The Big C. Very excited. So that show uses humor and a little bit of controversy over that. Not much, but we, of course...
5: We were interviewed yes. about that show, by the yes. way. Anne York did a whole story about, uh, about the, uh, the viability of her character's denial of her, her, her diagnosis and what message that sent out to other people fighting this disease. And I was interviewed for the story, and I, I think I took the same side as most organizations. Uh, we can talk about this next week, of course, which is basically that, you know, I think it's sets a bad example that it might be okay to hide your diagnosis. That you that should, that's it, that not okay to do what she's doing.
0: That's not okay to, to, to hide it. Yes. Right. Well, from New York to Italy and back to New York. And these are important, <laughs> these are important. Uh, Buongiorno. <laughs> Viva Italia. <The> Garden. <laughs> Catarina Romina. Anyway, so she was our winner, and we were thrilled to be featured to make it all the way over to uh, Europe and back and back in the New York press. So picking up some buzz, it's nice. And again, it's all thanks to folks out there who are listening to the show, who make put us on the radar and make everybody aware and spread the word and give us feedback, and it's fantastic.
5: Well, it, it proves that even uh, even Jack Buford transcends international waters.
1: I do. I went to Spain and Barcelona. Uh, oh, that would be the, the, or
5: rather the tolerance for
1: Jack Buford transcends international waters. They love me over there. They're and for those of you that don't know what I'm talking about, I was asked to speak at a social media healthcare conference in Barcelona, Spain, this past May, and I totally rocked it. And I did my entire presentation in English, and uh, it went very well, and I'm hoping they'll have me back. If people have to press two, English? <laughs> no, you know what's funny, though, was when I got the prep email from my contact, it was myself and two other guys on this panel, and one of the first things he said in the email was that he would prefer that we give our presentations in English. And I said to myself, well, what the hell am I learning Italian for? <laughs> there you go.
0: Yeah. So. I'll be really afraid when Jack's big in Japan.
1: Yeah, <laughs> me and Zach Efron are going to go on tour together. That is not happening. But Lisa, didn't I submit a uh, an entry for this contest and I heard nothing? You know, this Italian translation. Yours was a bad Fabio romance novel. <laughs> well, see, the problem is Italian is one of the romance languages, which I suck at. So, I, I was already at a disadvantage because I don't speak the love languages. You, you don't. don't. It, it, I don't even want to go there. I don't, just,
0: yeah. All I right, think, what else we got cooking on our our plate, that Matthew? Oh, that gets, that's that's
5: the Jack before I button everybody.
0: I approve of that. Yeah, yeah.
5: Right.
1: <laughs> I'm Lisa Bernhardt. I approve this message. <laughs> I approve this down you. Hi, I'm Lisa Bernhardt, and I approve that Jack is a moron.
0: <laughs> I don't even have to do the talking with no. that. Thanks, guys.
1: Yeah. No big in the news. um... There's a lot. I mean, we, we had a whole month off, and, you know, our community has had a lot going on. In the well, last again, I, mean,
5: I think the absolute top of the list is that we moved into brand-new offices, and I could not be more thankful to all of the people that helped make this happen. I, I started this organization pretty much from my basement with an idea in the fall of 2006, and that worked out of my house until the summer of 2008 when we moved into this building on a pro bono basis uh, in a tiny little closet that we lived in until pretty much uh, a month ago, and we were able to finally grow as an organization enough to open up our own legitimate professional offices, and I couldn't be more humbled that I wake up every day, I get to go to this space that I helped to build from scratch, and it represents everything in my life that I hope, hope for, it's a real dream come true, and uh, we want to send out a personal invitation to anyone out there, if you're in New York, please come visit us, 40 Worth Street, suite 808. Please come visit us. We'd love to meet you.
0: And you don't even have to have red hair or speak Italian.
5: No, you don't. Anyone is welcome to come to our offices. We're a regular company. Just show up.
0: And just to be clear just to just to give a, a visual if you haven't seen these 4000 pictures that Matthew's posted on Facebook, we, ha- we used to have the out, al- uh, excuse me, we used to have the office and the radio studio in one space. Now, what was the former office is just the radio studio, completely yes. redone, completely refurbished. Brand spanking new equipment, painted, carpeted. It looks beautiful. Across the hall, the I2Y executive offices yes. are really groovy digs here in Tribeca.
5: I was I'm so happy with how they came out. We got state them. of the art. Yeah, we totally. have a
0: we have a survivor lounge for folks to come and hang out on the couch and watch a plasma TV and read books and we've and got free a
1: Wi-Fi and, and the naps. Up. Don't forget the naps. Employees can't take naps. Sorry, Jack.
4: Yeah.
1: But if anybody does want to see the pictures of the new studio and you're on Facebook, just type in the Stupid Cancer Show in that search box at the top, and it will bring you to the fan page. And once you like the page, you can see the photos. So we just posted one tonight of uh, of the three of us doing the, the our our season premiere. Yeah. It's, got it's a, nice in there, isn't it?
0: it? We've got a conference area, Mondrian. Matthew, are those the Mondrian prints?
1: Yeah, we're I, I, trying to go
0: a little highbrow here for us.
5: Back when I was a bachelor with my bear rug and my my black leather couches, <laughs> your man cave. With my man cave in the late '90s, I purchased a whole bunch of Mondrian prints because he's my favorite artist, and you know they're whatever they're just to the not chick. ten dollar reprints that I had framed. Whatever they're not like rare paintings, but I, I I love them. And then I met my wife, and she's not a modern art person, so they kind of <laughs> just sat in a room somewhere for a couple of years, and then finally have a place where they're suitable to be hung. So yeah, there's a lot of modern art in
1: our modern office. And you also brought your picture of the Starship Enterprise that I'm sure your wife put. Uh, you well, know, no, this is the bash on it. Literally, house.
5: the first day of college. This is a true story. The first day of college, it was like August something, 1992. They had a poster fair, like all they all do at the colleges. And I was, I'm a huge Trekkie. I'm not like a dress up like a like a like a like like Neelix or anything kind of Trekkie or wear wear the Spock ears. But mm-hmm. I love I love Star Trek, and they had this like this giant architectural engineering blueprint of this of the Enterprise uh, from the Next Generation. It was framed, and like I bought it, it was like twenty dollars, whatever, and it lived in my dorm room for forever, and it lived in my man cave for forever, and then I met a girl, and it went away, <laughs> and it's still gone away. I gave it to um, one of the people that work in the building here. You did? I did. I gave it to Miguel.
0: <laughs>
5: but, yeah, I mean, not appropriate anywhere for a
1: 35, 36-year-old guy with kids. Not not going to happen.
0: You passed on your geekdom.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: That was big of you.
1: But that wasn't like a deal-breaker when you entered the relationship. It was like, <laughs> I have this poster of the Starship Enterprise, and you can either take sense. me or leave me. Yeah,
5: it's, a, it's take me or leave me. Exactly. Exactly. But, um I don't know. It's just—it's just such a dream come true to be able to walk into that space and say, like, we built this. It's awesome, and, and we have a kitchen, and we have a real kitchenette, and then we have a conference room and a projector, and any this lounge for survivors to come and just relax. with a library, of hundreds of books that are really worth reading, by amazing authors, many of whom are young adult survivors. Many of whom we've had on the show. Many of them have been on the show, and um, you know, it—it's it, a dream come true, and I—I I thank everyone and their mother, and their father, and their brother, and their sister for helping I2Y to reach this milestone in its growth and development.
0: And just to, uh, and we don't want to talk too much longer about ourselves, but I will just say something about Matthew having to, uh, you know, I mean, what can be said about Jack, and you can, you know, enter. Well,
1: it's not a 10-hour show.
0: Put your your thoughts and comments in the uh, chat room. Um, But, uh, you know, Matthew built this thing on his own. Uh, from scratch and this is a guy who doesn't sleep as I've always said I think at some point he hangs upside down like a vampire but now that he's got the babies you can't hang with babies upside down so I'm not sure how that's working oh, but boy. you do uh graphically you do the website you design everything every flyer that we do we have the new stupid cancer show postcard that's out there the yeah. new flyer that we do a photo shoot and we put our goofy outtakes up on Facebook uh, which were really very silly. But uh, Matthew is, you know, I'll talk to Matthew at 8 a.m. And he's, well, I designed the new logo for the show. That took me from 10 p.m. to 4 a.m.
3: <laughs> I closed my
0: eyes for 17 minutes and then my baby cried. And so, Matthew, uh, hats off to you. You've done a fantastic job in pulling this all together.
5: Well, thank you very much. And now I'm surrounded by an amazing team of people. Yes, we have staff and payroll. Which is, again, milestones. Very, very exciting. Um, And uh, my father-in-law had asked me a couple of weeks ago when we were moving in. He said, uh, did you ever expect the organization to become this successful? And I I guess I don't really think of the word success in the traditional sense, which is like millions of dollars. But, yes, I I had always hoped that it would reach this point, but it's still kind of surreal that we're in this room right now. And, and yes, I built this from scratch, but I, I didn't do it alone. It, it, we offered service and support to a community that needed it, and they recognized the need for our organization to exist and grow, and I'm forever humbled that this is something that brings so much value and need to a community that that is in desperate want.
0: And the letters and the emails that we get are just so moving and so empowering, yes. and I know we're, we're going to talk in a, in a little bit about some folks who unfortunately lost their lives to cancer, whose names that we want to mention, but... We got a tremendous. Uh, we think we read this last season. Uh, an email from a mom whose daughter passed at 19, who was listening to the show, and that's you know it was so sad, so moving, and so wonderful for her to reach out to us and let us know. And the feedback that we get from everybody is really is what is why we do this and what keeps us going. So should
1: I read that? Might as well. We just teased yeah, go. it. It's something it's I think about at least every other I day. I think
0: about it all the time. As I think well. about it all the time. Yeah.
1: I will. Uh, I'll read it. I'll pull it up
5: right now. Take me two seconds. Uh, yeah, a mother of a, of a young woman who passed away. Uh, it was just so humbling that she wrote in about the show. This young woman uh, listened to the show all the time. Uh, here we go. I'll, I'll paraphrase because it's a little long. Um, Dear Stupid Cancer Show, I'm writing to tell you how important your show and foundation is. My daughter Katie, 19, listened on her iPod to your show constantly on our drives back and forth to the hospital. She loved the show and would always tell me what you guys were talking about. She was diagnosed with ALL and fought hard for a year and a half and passed away last month after a failed stem cell transplant. I had to sit next to my 19-year-old daughter as I told her there was nothing more they could do and that a hospice coordinator was on their way. Um, Then she went on to say, I so strongly believe in what you guys are doing and would like to thank you for all you do for those who don't have a voice like my daughter. Uh, She may have not been one of the lucky ones but the day will come soon thanks to organizations like yours when it won't have to be, when it won't have anything to do with luck and everything to do with cure. Sincerely, Mary.
1: Yeah, and the fact that you know, we know that there are listeners out there, but we don't. We at the same time we don't know that there's listeners out there, and you know we don't realize the impact that we do have. And you know, for Katie to use our show for inspiration and you know laugh about it with her mom when she's going back and forth from treatment, you know that's just That really hits me hard because I know what it was, what it's like to—we all do. We know what it's like to go back and forth from treatment, and it sucks. And you know, just knowing that—you know—we all had a small part in making her 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 shitty days really good. You know, like that's just awesome.
0: And for the first time, I see uh, moistness in Jack Buffard's eyes.
1: You know what? And for the first time, I got you to look into my eyes. Well, you know, as long as we're on but like a somber reality note,
5: yeah. though, we, I do want to just point out that we lost, I mean, we obviously, you know, we lose hundreds a day uh, in this line of work, and it's never okay. But uh, there are a couple of specific people we just wanted to mention who were very meaningful to the organization. I want to start with uh, a gentleman, Adam Thomas, who was the very, very first wire that started a chapter. And it was DC chapter. He started it in June or July of 2007, and he organized the very first Stupid Cancer Happy Hour in Washington in July of 2007. And very meaningful guy. He was a young adult. He had the same cancer that I had, which is a medulloblastoma, uh, which is um, you know uh, an extraordinarily rare tumor. So to meet him was very very, very kindred. Uh, he recently relapsed and passed away, and we miss him terribly. Um, I also want to give a shout-out to a young man named John Mallon, who recently passed away. A friend of my wife and I are from Staten Island. He had colon cancer left behind a wife and an eight-month-old daughter who was going to be best friends with my kids. who are now four months old, by the way. Uh, a special heartfelt uh, reach out to David Bailey, who is a young adult musician, survivor of brain cancer that I recently met uh, probably a week after I was even diagnosed. He's an amazing musician. He has 18 or 20 CDs to his name. Relapsed, went in hospice this week. We love him, David. We, David is actually on one of our CD projects. I
1: didn't even know that. Yeah, and I, I, I met him when I was in treatment. Yeah, the June of He's Amazing, amazing guy. We, we love you, David. Your family is are in our our, our prayers. So, um, and Jack, you have and Dan Durgan. Dan Durgan, yeah, someone from my hometown, Danbury, Connecticut, who uh, was diagnosed with, with a brain tumor, and his treatment obviously very aggressive. Beat the uh the tumor, but gave him leukemia, and he ended up passing away from that and that that hit me really hard because he was in my support group at the hospital and he came to our some of our events like the Young gala and some of our stupid cancer happy hours and thirty two years old and you know it's these these are the people that we fight for every day, and these are the families that we fight for every day, and this is why we do what we do and you know it's it it sucks it just sucks. It does suck, but you know
5: what? If we didn't do it, no one will, and I think that's what we have to say to ourselves every minute of every day, that as long as we're here, this is what we choose to do, and we're going to keep doing it. So on that note, I'd like to get to the news, so let's cue up this little uh, segment Hello, here. Hello, I'm Kent Brockman, and this is I on Cancer.
1: Just the facts, ma'am.
5: Okay, during this part of the Stupid Cancer Show, we listen to Jack Buffard stammer through a series of special announcements to let our listeners know about a whole bunch of stuff, like free young adult events, that we want you to know about that you might not otherwise find out about. If you have something that you'd like to have read on this show that you feel is valuable to our community, please uh, send an email to Jack at i 2 ycom And uh,
1: I think I breezed through this a little quickly. Yeah, I'm going to do this real quick because we got a, we got a show to get to. All right, Jack, here you go. Take it away. All right, folks, here we go. Your Stupid Cancer news starting off Season 7. First of all, you can start by heading on over to events.i2y.com. Events.i2y.com is your one-stop shop for all Stupid Cancer events happening nationwide. Stay in the loop because something could be happening in your neck of the woods, and we don't want you missing out on it, especially if I'm not going to be there. We do have some events that we just announced this week, so... Uh, We have a happy hour in North Carolina, and we just announced our New York City Halloween party. So if you head on over to stupidcancer.com slash Halloween, you can get all the details on the Halloween party and events.i2y.com for everything else. Join Team Stupid Cancer, the nation's first running team exclusively supporting young adults slots are still open but they are going fast so if you or anyone you know are interested in running on our behalf visit team.stupidcancer.com myself kenny kane aaron tolberg we will be running the new york city half marathon in march and i'm already freaking out and it would be nice to have some friends with me to drag me across the finish line so again team.stupidcancer.com come running with us it's going to be a great time i'm going to throw a little tease out there matt OMG, 2011. OMG, 2011. Is May, what is it, 6th and 7th? Nice job. May 7th 7th and 8th. 8th. May 7th and 8th. You know, I'm so excited. I'm going to be there a day early. So, yes, OMG, 2011, New York City, May 7th and 8th. Put that on your calendar, and we will certainly be providing more details as they come. All right, folks, Being that I lack both the time and the intelligence to share with you all of the great stuff we have going on for young adults, I've created the Boof News blog. Everyone needs to check out boofnews.i2y.com. That's B i O F.i2y.com. It is the official list of all stupid cancer news resources, including surveys, exercise programs, writing workshops, peer services, and fertility resources. I just updated it today, and one of the things that I put up there is something that I experienced this past month, and that's first ascent. I went to the uh vale colorado kayaking camp in august and i want to send a special shout out to everybody that i attended this camp with because it was a blast it was so much fun and i met so many onco rock stars my head was spinning so mutant chi rich selma fox wiggles papa flanny mama Flamy, boom boom flanny meow vice yellow shimay louise upgrade text Master, Stepmom, Hot Rod, Fuzzy Bridges, Floaty, and Spoonberg, I just want to say thank you for a phenomenal week. I want to send a special thank you to Brad Ludden for providing these camps for the cancer community, and I want to thank Smelly for leading the guides and giving us one hell of a week in the Colorado mountains. And that, my friends, is your Stupid Cancer News.
0: I, I like I like I haven't heard that phrase that you've just coined,
1: Anko rock stars. Anko rock stars.
0: Did you come up with that, Jack?
1: I don't know because <laughs> well, the thing is because Matt's invented so many words and then you, they just become part of the vernacular. But my friend Karen Diamond, who's actually in the chat room right now, I've called her like Anko Rockstar and Anko superstar, and stuff. So I'm not quite sure if I coined it specifically for Karen or what. But Anko Rockstar is one of my favorite. Uh, that and like Uncle Warriors and that's a keeper. You know, definitely a keeper. whatever. So hi, Karen. Keep on rocking. Did
5: how many people do we have for Team Stupid Cancer now? Eleven. We have 12? like
1: eleven out of the twenty slots that were given to us. Wow, yes. Yeah. Heather Swift. She's, She's don't try hurt. to name the one. You hurt yourself. No, I know, but I'm saying Heather Swift's coming down from Istica to run for us. That's amazing.
0: Kenny Kane just raised both arms.
5: Yeah, Kenny and Aaron are both running Team Stupid Cancer with Jack and our our uh, our team captain Francesca Geisman. Yeah, very but, very excited to have her as team captain. Are
0: Kenny and Aaron running it as a three legged race, so they just <laughs> gonna it. say that. I was just
1: gonna say the way that they're always attached at the hip, it's gonna be a three a three legged race. Yep. See? So they continue. And I think Dory wants to run it with us. So oh. Dory, you gotta come up here and run this race with us. It's only thirteen point one miles, no big deal.
0: I'd like to do it, but I don't think I could make thirteen point one miles. Can I bike part of it?
1: Hey, you know what? I did it in two hours and fifty three minutes. And, and if then, I can just and then he had do a it, taco. I Actually, had a waffle. Remember right after I had 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 a humongous waffle? No, no, not good. But, um, yeah, and the only thing that's really hard about the race is that it's really hard to hail a cab when all the streets in New York are closed. But, you know, you just run and you get through it.
0: And you didn't pull a Rosie Ruiz and take the subway. I
1: didn't as much as I wanted to, but there were too many barriers. You know, and when you're running around the city with a big number getting on a subway, I think someone's going to catch up.
0: Well, when they have a quarter marathon, I might try that. A half is still...
1: How about a wing-eating contest?
0: <laughs> now you're talking.
1: I'm all for a bull-riding
0: contest. Wings and taters. <laughs> yeah.
5: Did we, oh, did we mention... Or a monster. Yeah, we we did mention the the $20,000 crawl for cancer thing that happened this time. That was yeah. the last show, right? right. Yeah, that was what about we, our what season
0: finale. Well, we did mention right before when we're about to get with our guests in a moment, but we we have to just quickly mention our money giveaway and the D.A.R.E.
1: Yes. Oh, the dare. The, the, oh God,
5: have, the dare. We have a stupid cancer dare where you can uh, you can suggest something that Jack Buffard, Kenny Kane, and Aaron Spicer, one of our senior volunteers, will do, and uh, raise money so that they actually do it. It's a dare competition, and as of right now, the dare says that uh, these gentlemen have to uh oh, God. eat vegetarian or vegan for forty vegan. days. Vegan. It's
1: not even vegetarian; it's vegan.
5: They have to eat vegan for forty days. A and, vegan and forty days. If you day want to see them do that, you got to chip in some change. I think the okay. number two dare is to walk through Times Square and Disney
1: princess costumes.
0: We are right. a health organization, Jackie. You yes. can go vegan if you
1: to. I googled being. vegan and Taco Bell and nothing came back.
0: <laughs> that on that <laughs> note Sorry.
1: Is fun. no. that funny? We are on the air. We are on the
5: air. Alright, well our three guests are here, so it is time to introduce them. Let me cue up our little music here. All right, Lee, you may introduce
0: Laura Ziskin has been a motion picture and television producer and executive for 25 years. Her film credits and their big ones include What About Bob, Pretty Woman, As Good As It Gets, To Die For, and the Spider-Man trilogy. Hey, and there's another one coming up. She's also produced the 74th and the 79th Academy Awards. And like one in three women in this country, Laura was diagnosed with cancer. Hers, stage three breast cancer in 2004. In 2008, she co-founded Stand Up to Cancer along with Katie Couric and producer Sherry Lansing and others. This Friday, September 10th, Stand Up to Cancer airs its second live star-studded television fundraising event. Simulcast, folks, on ABC, CBS, and NBC, as well as a host of cable networks. That's 8 p.m. Eastern and Pacific, 7 p.m. Central. For more info, visit standup2cancer.org. But even better, please now welcome Laura Ziskin.
5: All righty, Laura Ziskin is on the show. Ethan Zahn, uh, we're introducing all three at the same time. Looking a whole little circus here. Returning champion to the Supercast Show, Ethan Zahn, soccer goalkeeper at Vassar College and played professionally for the Hawaii Tsunami and Cape Cod Crusaders of the United Soccer League in Zimbabwe and for the Highlanders Football Club. He played his victory on Survivor Africa by donating some of his million-dollar prize to start grassroots soccer, an organization's uh, whose goal is to mobilize the global soccer community to combat the AIDS epidemic. A two-year survivor coming up of stage 2 Hodgkin's lymphoma in the spring of 2009. Now having to deal with endless media jokes about how the guy from Survivor is now a survivor. Uh, my favorite thing about Ethan is that his birthday is my wedding anniversary, 11-12. A day that will
1: uh, live in infamy. Oh, quiet.
5: And Dr. Leonard Zender, as we affectionately call him, is the chairman of the board for the I'm Young This Cancer Foundation. He is one of the nation's leading adolescent and young adult oncologist in the country, board-certified in pediatrics and pediatric hematology oncology, and he is also, again, um, from South Africa, and we hope we can understand him tonight. So please welcome to the Stupid Cancer Show, Laura Ziskin, Ethan Zahn, and Dr. Leonard Sender. All right, that was a lot of introductions, but thank you, everyone, for being here tonight.
0: We're thrilled to have all three of you. Hi. Hi, guys. We hear them all saying hi. Yes. Hi. Laura, Laura, let's start with you. You've got the big show coming up on Friday. But first of all, tell us your personal story about your diagnosis.
3: Oh, man. Um, Well, I have breast cancer. I have metastatic breast cancer. I was diagnosed in 2004. I was 54. I was fanatic about mammograms and... I knew something was wrong with me, and sadly, my um, cancer was missed. It was lobular, or breast cancer, which is a little harder to see. Right. Um, and, um, you know, I knew something was wrong for a long time, so probably five years went by when I could have been diagnosed at an earlier stage. Um, anyhow... When you I say then, you knew,
0: I'm sorry. When you say you knew something was wrong, and five years went by, did you try to talk to doctors and say, and then they thought it was nothing, or how did that come yes, down? Yes,
3: well, I think you know you want to be okay. So particularly, mammography is a, is a very old um, diagnostic tool, and it right. only finds sixty percent of breast cancers. So that means it misses forty percent, um, four out of ten. So it's not a great tool. I had ultrasound as well. Um, I even had a biopsy in 2001, but I only had two core biopsies, and they missed. I clearly had cancer then, but they missed it wow. because at my diagnosis, I had a 10-centimeter cancer, and I had 30 malignant nodes. So I'm lucky to be here. Um, but you know, I, I, again, I'm, I'm a big advocate of you know prevention and early diagnosis and that kind of thing. But we actually have to have cures because. You know, diagnosing cancer is imperfect, and prevention, you know, only goes so far. So we need to have, and that's what Stand Up to Cancer is about really is, is, you know, finding better, more effective treatments and doing it as quickly as we can.
0: Absolutely, because you're about, and we'll let you talk more about this, beyond the sort of basic research, translational research. And and tell us exactly what that means for the folks out there and why you are different from the the other cancer organizations out there.
3: Well, this is such a critical concept um, because there's lots of science going on and has been for the last, you know, forever about cancer. It's been with us forever. But when Nixon declared war on cancer 40 years ago, You know, there's been a lot of of bench work. There's a lot of really brilliant scientists working in the lab and looking at cells and publishing papers, but that doesn't do me any good or Ethan any good or any of the people diagnosed with cancer. I mean, those discoveries are valuable, but in 40 years, we've only reduced cancer mortality by 1%. That's pretty lousy. (laughs) Um, And the reason we feel is that there hasn't been enough emphasis or enough money spent on what's called translational research, which is taking what we already know, and now we have the technology to know so much, taking what we know and bringing it closer to the lab, so to the I'm sorry, to the patient, to the clinic, so that it's an iterative process. So we have clinicians working with basic scientists on our dream team. And the crazy thing is that basic scientists kind of say things like, oh, my God, it's so gratifying to actually be doing something for the benefit of the patient. As a patient, you kind of go, hello, <laughs> you know, this is what it's all about. It's not about it's not about publishing a paper. So they're sharing data in a way they never would have before, and that's the only way we're going to solve the problem. So really we're about – cancer is such a big issue. I always say it's like education. You know, what thing do you focus on? And mm-hmm. we decided to focus on – this narrow, but we think critical piece of the pie, which is taking what's already known from the basic research, getting the basic scientists, the translational scientists, and the clinicians working together so that we can be getting new drugs into clinical trials very quickly, getting new therapies into patients, looking at the progress, taking it back to the lab, modifying the drugs, going back to the patients. Ultimately, this involves a kind of, actual change in the culture of research so that the scientists are not competing against each other as the system sets them up to do, but they're competing against the disease. And the next piece of it, of course, is going to be to get the the pharmaceutical industry and the drug companies involved because we may find that there are drugs that will work synergistically that come from different drug companies. And you know what? They're going to have to work together because those people get cancer too.
0: So doctors collaborating, working together, hopefully then with drug companies as well, to actually come up with stuff to help people beat this disease right to the patient, right in the doctor's offices.
3: Right. And we don't really care, you know, why, for example, a basic scientist might say, oh, I'm so interested in this this process in cancer and I wonder why this works. I don't care. (laughs) Just make it it work. Right.
0: (laughs) Just make it work. Matt, yeah, I know you've got lined up for a question for Ethan.
5: Well, Ethan, first of all, welcome back to the show. This is your, actually your third uh, appearance on the show, so you're doing much better than Jack at this point.
3: <laughs> and he's going to be on stand-up to cancer. I'm no, so excited.
5: I know, and I couldn't be happier that that uh, you know why couldn't you get cancer in 2008 and be on the show back then, huh? What's wrong with you?
4: <laughs> I know, I know. This uh, I was hoping to get cancer a lot earlier in my life, but you know I delayed it <laughs> to the age 36.
5: You're always ahead. you're behind your time. That's yeah. that's I what know. the deal is. So, how are you? How's Jenna? How's life? Life is great. I'm really excited to be, uh, you know,
4: I got, you know, released from the stem cell transplant a while back. Cancer's in remission, and I'm just uh, getting my life in order, and uh really excited to, you know, actually, I'm going to be going out to L.A. to be on stand-up for cancer. It's
5: really cool. Yeah, I'm, I hope I get to see you guys on Friday. I'll be there with those I will be there Yahoo. for sure. Yay! Are you going to go to the Intercontinental after-party thing?
4: I wasn't invited. Oh,
5: neither, no. was <laughs> <laughs> neither was Matt. Neither was I. I'm just showing up. I don't care. We're
3: having a we're having a party with Sony, that'll be more fun. Don't <laughs> All right. like All right, get fine. mad at me. <laughs> okay, that's
5: okay. Um, but Ethan, I'm I'm really glad you're 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 choosing to work with Stand Up to Cancer because I'm gonna to get to, to Dr. Sander in a second because the the whole issue that I had with with um you know, here we are yet another group coming together to do cancer research was that the young adult population would be sort of ignored. Or that there would be no measurable outcomes that have the potential to improve epidemiology studies or tissue banking or biology in our age group, and you know you are have become a national spokesperson for the young adult movement, and they couldn't be happier for that. But when Laura was generous enough to invite Dr. Sender at her offices in uh, the spring of '09, uh, we got a, a schooling on how this is actually there is significant potential for uh, for stand of the cancer to yield outcomes that benefit our generation. So let me. Let me just turn to Dr. Sender for a second, and why don't you talk a little bit about why should there be a differentiation between epidemiology, tissues, and biology for young adults and everyone else?
2: Well, first of all, thank you, Matt, and congratulations on the new season. And to Laura, congratulations on the second Stand Up To Cancer. Couldn't be more excited.
3: Hi, Leonard. Nice to talk to you.
2: Good talking to you. And you know, we we said that I2Y was this disruptive force and we, we're going to poke a stick at cancer and believe me, I you know, I too I applaud stand up to cancer because you are not yesterday's American Cancer Society. <laughs> <laughs> and we, we couldn't be we couldn't be proud of that. And your dream team idea it was brilliant and we applauded. Yeah. What we want to do in the young adult cancer movement, however, is to bring attention to the fact that although there's only seventy thousand young adults who get cancer, their biology may be very different to what we see in the older adult patient population and to for what most of the research is aimed at. So most of the research that people are doing is about cancers that really don't occur in the young adult, or we know the biology is different, and hopefully we can put in really good applications to your dream teams coming forward right. that young adult cancer researchers will be able to do work to show the difference. So we know, for example, stage for stage in breast cancer, a young adult does worse. The biology is different, mm-hmm. it's a different disease. We know that a 15-year-old, 14-year-old with, with leukemia who's got a 90% chance of being cured may only have a 74% chance of being cured with leukemia and a 24-year-old may be lower. So we know that there are real biology differences and, and we're hoping that by bringing attention to young adults with cancer, and getting researchers at the AACR, the American Association of Cancer Research, to focus on them and allowing us to put research grants in that will eventually make a difference in the outcome because we won't get an outcome difference if the translations are only into the older adult cancer. So we we applaud what you do and we think it's fantastic. We hope and this is a challenge to all researchers doing young adult cancer research, putting really good applications to the for Stand up to cancer dream teams and for the innovative research grants, because we need to do it. So and you know,
3: Leonard, that and, and Matt, this is also um, why we need money. So there are so many projects that need funding, and our whole principle is not to drip, you know, sprinkle the money around, but to give people who have good ideas enough money for which they must be accountable. We're just having our first review of the Dream Teams, and believe me, it is stringent because if they don't deliver on milestones that they set when they got the grant, they may lose their funding and will use the money for something else. But why this is so important, what Leonard's saying is, the more we have, the more good ideas we can fund. We got 247 proposals with teams of scientists, so that means really upwards of a 1,000 scientists working together believe me there were more than five good ones with real promise you know we actually took seven we combined two to make five teams and you know then we funded the the innovative grant recipients many of whom are working in young in pediatric cancer and young adult cancer and hopefully out of their research which is more basic less translational will come ideas that we will then be able to build teams around so the issue is not that there are enough good ideas. The issue is really having the money and then providing the really stringent oversight to make sure that if we give people money, they have to deliver
0: and just to clarify for folks out there, your dream teams is are exactly what you were talking about before, Laura, about bringing together doctors who might not otherwise work together, but creating these green teams in which they do dream teams in which they do collaborate uh, for the, for these um the translational research, and that, that's what you were addressing before, correct? And then th- yes. th- to sort of describe your funding model for people, the right. second uh, sort of leg of that is this: uh, these innovative research grants.
3: Right. right. That- so the bulk of our funds, our focus is on this collaborative translational research. So that means across institutions there can't be, I think there may be one exception, but for the most part there can't be um, team members, more than one or two team members from any one institution. And so this forces this data sharing and this getting out of this competitive mode and working together. And then in January, the teams, the five teams, will then meet together and share the information that they've accumulated and the work that they've done in the years. So it's cross-institution. It's cross-discipline. So we have physicists, biologists, chemists, um, um, oncologists, you know, computer experts in informatics and things like that all working together. They also had to have a target. They had to have a targeted issue that was low-hanging fruit enough that there was the potential of new treatments coming out of these teams. So that's the team concept. And then because we were very influenced by Judah Folkman, the late Judah Folkman, he, we had a kind of ad hoc meeting when we started this thing, and we just brought in really basically people that we knew who happened to be really smart and he was one of them and he talked a lot about um young scientists and having that we have an obligation to fund young people because the NIH and NCI the average age of the people who get a grant I think is like late 40s so think about your young friends you who you know you're we're ossified. I'm 60. You know, I probably don't have a good fresh idea. But, but people in, your, in most great scientific breakthroughs are made by people in their 20s and 30s. So we, had to, we wanted to fund them. So we did um, 13 of them. Um, and these, these young scientists, men and women, are so breathtaking. And I'll just tell you one anecdote. We had a big meeting in Washington, D.C., and we, I brought everybody together, the young scientists, and all the teams. And I put a big sign up on the wall that said, Culture eats strategy for lunch. And they were all kind of amused by that because I was saying, we I have like to need no less than change
5: That's my culture. new T-shirt.
3: Science, yeah, it's a good T-shirt. And afterwards we had a little reception and I said to the young researchers, I said, what was it like, you know, being in the room and uh, sitting across the table from these kinds, because we really do have some of the best, Scientists in the world, and one of the young si- young researchers said, "Oh, it was really great, but our ideas are so much better than theirs." <laughs>
5: mm-hmm. and, and I think I also think it's important to jump in, and you know, a lot of our listeners are new. We 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 get like 15 to 20,000 new listens a week. It's insane, but I think it's important to just remind everybody that the reason we're talking about young adults specifically, and not pediatrics, and not older Americans, is that this is an age group that is very unique in the cancer spectrum and has very unique needs and for whom most of the uh, basic research and existing translational stuff don't apply because we get very different cancers. Ethan, do you want to talk about what it was like for you to get diagnosed and how, I mean, you kind of got very lucky by jumping into it quickly by just knowing Johnny or meeting me really quickly, but as, as someone... It, you. It was, it was all me. I'll <laughs> take full credit for it then. Hey, I'm here too, mm-hmm. dummy. Yeah. You on. It on t- t- you, t-
0: tag you on that one no, but, in all, <laughs> yeah, but in
5: all seriousness like like you you would, would you have ever thought to need another meet meet another 30 something that was going through this would it have occurred to you do you think that the the system you had in place that was taken care of you would have cared that you were in a unique place in your life
4: yeah i, I mean absolutely it i definitely had to reach out and find it myself because when I, you know i was diagnosed and you know the world is crashing down and you know you have no concept of what's right and what's wrong you'd expect this information to be handed to you um from you know my doctors or nurses or the hospital and it it, it wasn't so i was happy when i you know obviously got in touch with you and kind of my eyes were open to what there was available for me in the as a young adult um in terms of support um and then you know once i got diagnosed and went further on in my, my process, you know, I was able to access the information I needed to make some pretty important decisions in my life um, on the next steps of my treatment. So, uh, you know, which were, you know, clinical trials and this hospital versus that hospital. And so it was a huge, uh, huge help for me to have an organization like you out there.
5: Well, I appreciate that. I mean, I, I, one of the things, I mean, Laura, you, you, may, you may claim to be ossified, but you are an innovator. And you are a social change agent, because you basically, what you've done is, you. I, I don't know if you did the first step first, which is like, go out to the existing establishment and say, we'd like to do this, and they just said no. no or
3: you no, just or, didn't.
5: Or you already knew they were going to say no, so you just said, we're going to do this, which is even better.
3: Well, but, we knew their track record.
5: Right. So the sea change, the sea change really, and maybe Lenny can talk about this with Laura, is instead of having scientists and researchers chase the money, you you Basically, you crowdsource the needs from the science community right. and then fund that.
3: Right. And I was going to say, I, I thank you for saying I'm an innovator. Honestly, I'm just a pissed off patient.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no,
3: honestly, God. are we all?
0: Right on. Yeah. Yeah. And,
3: and, you know, I always say we would be called ACT UP, but it was taken. Right. You yeah. know? And w- that's really what, what Ethan says is right. You know, when you're diagnosed with cancer, you just want to pull the covers over your head. You don't want to join a movement, you know. <laughs> right. But then you get information sickness because everything the information is so conflicting and there there aren't really, you know, you're, I'm about to face treatment again. And literally they said to me, we're going to give you five options and you're going to have to decide. And I thought, well, what do I know? How am I going to decide? So so from
5: the perspective of the researcher, Lenny, I mean, what's it like to get scientists to work together versus the old model of, like, having to find where the money is to get the job?
2: Well, I I think that this is the most innovative idea we've had for a long time, and and the reason why we haven't made great success, because the silo approach is why we're in the problems we have. And, you know, if you just take young adults with cancer, it's because they were siloed and they never had an opportunity to talk about ideas. So one of the projects that were funded was a project on epigenetics, which is a fancy name, and the people from USC, you know, did some beautiful work on that. But reality is we may think of cancers in a very different way because of the results of the dream teams and the way of some of these people's thinking. They may not, or breast cancer may not just be breast cancer. It may be, there's a pathway in breast cancer that causes breast cancer, but that may be applied to another disease. So you mentioned you had medulloblastoma, which is a a brain tumor, which occurs normally in pediatrics, sometimes young adults like yourself. It turns out there's a pathway called the hedgehog pathway, Mm. and that pathway is also found in basal cell carcinoma, which is one of the commonest skin cancers in the world. And... So now we found a, path, a common pathway, and therefore you can find common drugs and common targets. And then, as Laura said, the next step is this combination of drugs. And the AIDS movement understood this. They, they got different drug companies to come together to put these combinations of drugs together. We have take melanoma. There are two really exciting new drugs in melanoma that are awaiting FDA approval. But how do we get – one works early on, it appears, and that's a drug for Plexicon, made by Roche. And there's a drug by Bristol-Myers Squibb, which comes out and it's called, you know, Epimumamab, a really crazy name. But that drug works late. What you want to do is maybe get the two drugs working at the same time, so you catch the patient early in their disease, and it helps them later on in their disease. But that's gonna require another shift in people's thinking, how to get the drug companies together. But the research to lead to that is because of these dream teams. It's to break down the silos. And that's what we're trying to do in the young adult cancer movement. That's, so what we're trying to do is we, we've formed a new society that I'm heading, Society for Pediatric and Ad, for Adolescent and Young Adult Cancer. We're gonna launch a journal in, in March, the new, the new journal for adolescent and young adult cancer, to bring about everyone involved in the field to be able to have a new discussion, to have a new thought that we can get people, the best thyroid cancer person, together and say, think about the young adult and think about the cancer in that young adult, or think about breast cancer in the young adult, a little differently to how you think about breast cancer in the older patient. No cancer is good, we don't discriminate, cancer doesn't discriminate, but we want to get people to say, at least look at these and spend some time on it. And that may change it, but it really is about get rid of the silos, allow people to dream, give them seed money to get it done, and give them money to do things that NIH wouldn't fund or, or get out of the mold the way NCI or the National Cancer Institute or NIH funds. They always fund things that will give a positive result. Okay. We need people to, to take more chance, to take more risk, to be a little bit innovative. This is like an incubator. you know. Maybe this is like a venture capital firm. you know. One or two may work, but we may get a home run out of it, and that's what I'm hoping Stand Up to Cancer can do and yeah. couldn't be more proud of being affiliated and associated with them.
3: Thank you. Do you guys, do you all know Delta Goodrum? Do you know De- Delta Goodrum?
2: Delta's
5: out in uh, Australia. She's a young yes, adult survivor. She had Hodgkin's, right? Or, or yes, like leukemia. and she's,
3: she's doing extraordinary things. She's probably 20, early 20. She was diagnosed at 18. She had just sold more records than, and he broke all the records in Australia, and of course, immediately thereafter found out she had cancer, and she's, she's going to be at the show, and Ethan, I'll hook you up with her, and, you know, she's a great. you should engage her. She's a great, great
5: daughter. Oh, we'd love to meet her. We'd love to meet her. Well, you know that I'm a musician, right? And we have a lot of musicians within the organization that are young great. adult survivors. So I'd love to meet her. That'd be well, great.
0: Well, she's spectacular. Laura, we wanted to ask you, because we saw some of your PSAs that mm-hmm. are targeting, mm-hmm. featuring young Hollywood stars and targeting mm-hmm. the young adult audience. And one of mm-hmm. them is Zac Efron, who's... Uh, I, I'm not sure that you, if you know this, but his cousin Emily Hobson is actually very involved in I2Y, and he's been walking around and you know wearing our w- wristband, and we've seen oh, that's some paparazzi. We've seen some he's, paparazzi shots of him wearing the uh, the stupid great. cancer wristband. That's He's so wristband.
3: fantastic. He,
0: he's terrific, I love and he's been, him. been a big supporter. But so you have this whole PSA yeah. campaign with these young Hollywood stars aimed mm-hmm. at the young adult audience. What are you hoping to achieve with those?
3: Well, you know. Look, I hope these cures and treatments come in my lifetime. But really, it's your generation, it's, you're the ones who are going to do it. You know, unless some miracle happens, we may, may set on the right path. But, you know, what a great goal for your generation to finally, you know, find a way to manage and treat cancer so that we don't increase, you know, that don't, you know, have a 1% decrease in mortality in the next 40 years, but that we can cut that at least in half. Um, So we were thinking it's really my daughter's 27. It's her her generation. They're the ones that are going to have to do it. But we were actually having a conversation with one of her friends, a young man who said, I'm so blown away by the statistics. I have a brother. And I look at my brother and I think one of us is going to get cancer. Statistically, and he said, "I'm just so blown away by that." And I said, "Well, do you think people know that?" And truthfully, you guys know this probably. If you ask a man on the street, "What are your health concerns?" and they say, "Oh, I'm afraid I'm going to get cancer," what do you think the odds are of you getting cancer? Oh, I don't know, one in four hundred, one in right. a thousand, one in ten thousand. Yeah. So we thought we want, and I wanted to engage young Hollywood and say, you know, you you, this is an activist group young your generation you know this is a cause you should get behind so it was really those two things it was one that people don't one i didn't know the statistic till i was diagnosed right someone had asked me i wouldn't have known um and it's really had a huge impact
0: so let's hear more about the television show coming up on friday and let's hear about what ethan's part in it is going to be if you want to talk about that ethan and then laura talk more about the show in general
4: yeah, and just to build on what was uh, we were talking about is like the whole getting you know people excited about it in the young adult generation. And one thing that I'm really excited about is that Survivor, the television show,
0: mm-hmm. has
4: joined forces or made an alliance, if you will, with Stand Up to Cancer to create a brand-new program called Survivor Stand Up to Cancer where we're really using the brand Survivor, CBS, um, Stand Up to Cancer to come together, you know, to raise money, to raise awareness, uh, to help vote cancer off the planet, and that's something that I've been working on for a while with the Stand Up to Cancer folks and Ann O'Grady at CBS. And so we're really excited, and we just launched that. And our team, I urge everyone out there to you know go to the Stand Up to Cancer website, it's um, standuptocancer.org/survivor, and join our tribe. You don't have to donate. We'd love for you to donate, but you can just join our tribe. get build the numbers but you know it's that survivors a huge television show um with tons of fans millions of fans so if we really get everyone on board we can really start this movement and it, it, it is that young adult generation that demographic right there and so uh we've already raised i think 26 thousand dollars and uh for the team challenge on stand up for cancer We're really excited about it i heard 30 oh 30 right i checked, I checked this weekend
3: Great. i raised you twenty thousand dollars it's because of you, Ethan. That's that's all because of you. That's
4: I know. Crazy. Well, I mean, I don't know, but to all of us that is.
3: It's the truth.
4: But it's that's hopefully a lot of television shows will follow suit. Like no, you know, American Idol has done Idol Gives the Back, but you know, no, you know, real branded show with the power that they do. Um, with the millions of fans we have, have done anything like that for cancer, so
3: you know, Survivor has been
4: the first, and uh, we're really. Excited. I think
3: they will follow, and the networks have been extraordinary. And, By the way, we are on Fox this year as well.
0: You're on Fox um, as well. Yes. Great. Yes. So, Chippa, give us a little, a little bit more of a sneak preview, if you can, Laura.
3: Okay. Well, I, you know, I, my joke the first year was, um, I have to make cancer entertaining. Um, <laughs> which is no small right. feat. We try I to feat, do
0: that too, right? Yes, exactly. <laughs> well, I, I'm
3: learning from you guys. Um, but we, we have a lot of mu- really extraordinary music this year. Um, so we have Lady Antebellum and Chris Topperson and Billy wow. Joe Armstrong from Green Day and Stevie Wonder and Natasha Beddingfield, Martina McBride, Aaron Neville, a little uh, um, special moment from Edge, uh, Neil Diamond, Herbie Hancock, Dave Stewart, Leona Lewis, and even, believe it or not, Francis Collins from the NIH—he's going to play guitar in Dave's band.
1: No, he's Justin very, Bieber. No,
3: Justin Bieber. But I, you know, I guess maybe. we All right, great. You know. I'm still coming then. Okay. Well, we can we can get we can still with Justin. We, we just we felt like we were full up, but we love it. <laughs> but anyhow, um, and then the other thing is, I feel like people gave us a lot of money. We have an obligation to be accountable. So part of what's different this year from the first year is we actually have things to talk about. So you will see
0: yeah.
3: um, footage and and a little story about each of the dream teams. and it's quite you know remarkable. And when and what's most interesting is to see the excitement. I mean, listen, you know, and Leonard can tell you that scientists are excited all the time, but they're excited, I think, about. You know, working together, and I think they feel a real obligation to deliver for the patients. So, um, and then there'll be, we have The Simpsons again, and Bill Hader's going to do something really funny, and, you know, we hope we make you laugh and cry. And, and you know, of course, we're, try- we're trying, I think what Ethan said is right about go to StandUpToCancer.org or go to your guys' website. It's not just about giving money, it's about making this issue a first-tier issue in this country. If you put on the newspaper, front of the newspaper that 1,500 Americans today died, and 1,500 Americans will die tomorrow, one a minute, if that was on the front of headline in the New York Times, people would be outraged. Right. And we have to not just, obviously, we believe in what we're doing. We hope other funders of cancer research will take what they think works, take our model, modify it, use it, make people work together. But it's also those of us like the, the people with, with HIV, we have to say we're mad. We, we, we are demanding that we do better. This is a failure of, of I hate to say it, but the government too.
5: Well, I, I like the fact that you said, you know, you're like act up. We, we've been called act up a little bit from time to time too yeah. because we tend to. I mean, that's kind of how I got your attention to begin with in the first place. Is you know we're we're very sort of disruptive and 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 Dr. Sender is is the epitome of our chairman. <laughs> we couldn't pick a more perfect. Right. You know, he's a doctor. He saves people's lives every day. But damn, the guy's a reverend, and he he, he <laughs> doesn't take any shit from anybody. And, and that's the whole point of exactly what you're talking about. Is we really have to challenge the status quo and create almost like this subversive counterculture to. Basic philosophies and basic ways to reach consumers and basic ways to make everyone else look like they're just stupid idiots because they're not doing <laughs> the right things because they're just so stuck in their ways for 108 years. I'm well, sorry, was know, I referring you, to anyone specific?
3: If you look at uh, the constituency of people who have had cancer or who's touched by cancer, we're the biggest single constituency in the country. We could elect a president, a congressman, and I think in this election, upcoming election, these these candidates should be asked the question, you know, what are you doing about this epidemic that kills 1,500 Americans a day? Right. You know, are you doing anything? Do you know anything about it? Do you have a plan? You know, this is important. Um, and, you know, ultimately, we can, you know, we are such a tiny, you know, I mean, we, we are, the, I think, the fourth largest funder of research tells you something, but, you know, we're all you know, billions of dollars behind what the government can spend, not only what they can spend with money but with resources. If you think about the computing power of DARPA, you know, yes. think of what percent 1% of that would do for, for you know, looking at tissue samples and things that would, you know, would, would feed the informatics of this problem.
5: Well, I have a stealth bomber in my apartment. Yes. I was going to put on eBay, and we'll donate that to Lenny. Fantastic. <laughs> uh, I'm so happy that we were, did, we did the show that we kicked off the season. I can't wait to get to LA and see you guys on Friday, uh, uh, Laura. In case you didn't know, Lenny's my date. So uh, <laughs> we, we
3: love it. I, I'm so looking forward to seeing both of you. And um, I don't know
1: which one of you guys I feel sorry for more. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
1: but uh, I, I look forward to seeing Ethan, Ethan of course.
3: And Ethan and I are, are email and phone buddies, but we never actually met. I'm I so know, excited. I we're I'm excited about We Madden. have a winner.
1: I feel sorry for Ethan's state yeah. <laughs>
4: You
3: guys are great. Thank you. For thank you, everyone. No, thank awesome. you so
5: much for all you do. And, and, you know, we are the nation's largest young adult organization now. I'm proud to say that after three and a half years of operations and, and um, you know, you're preaching to the converted at this point. I love what you guys do. You have my full support and the full weight of the organization in, in, in your corner.
0: I can't. I can't let Laura go without asking her one last small, small question, Laura. Yeah. Okay. Because we,
3: don't we want to know who this is villain is in Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Busted. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Our young adult, I mean, come on, huge Spider-Man fans. We, we I'm wearing all my Spider-Man
1: underoos as we speak. <laughs> yes,
3: that's right, and
0: he's not <laughs> oh. making that up. No, he's not making that up. Obviously, our audience are enormous consumers of the Spider-Man. But Jack, pull your pants up, zip your fly, and put them don't show us your spidey underpants. Any any sneak preview that the folks or our listeners are hanging on to hear. Anything that
3: doesn't have to be just a little tidbit
0: for well, us. You know, we have this
3: extraordinary. It's me. It's
1: me
0: everyone. Ethan.
3: <laughs> it's extraordinary, Andrew Garfield, and all I can say is it's going to be the best one yet.
0: Right, no no, no, Toby McGuire, but Andrew Garfield. We're very excited about yeah. it, as are all our listeners. Oh, yeah. I love Garfield.
1: <laughs> <laughs> up, Garfield versus Spider-Man? <laughs> Go to sleep, Jack. <laughs> Go to bed, Jack. All right, thank you, everybody, Thanks so much. much.
5: Take care of yourselves. Good Laura Friday. Zipkin, Ethan Zahn, and Dr. Leonard Sender, everybody. What a great show. What a great <laughs> yeah. show. Uh, one thing I wanted to point out, I didn't get this in, but it's really relevant, is the notion that Lenny talked about these markers or these, um, I forget the word that he used, uh, that it's not about where the cancer is. It's, it's right. no longer about the body part. It's about the genes, right. the genomics. And there's one, just one really quick anecdote that I learned from Laura when she flew me out there in March of '09 with Dr. Sender is that uh, everyone may be familiar with the drug Herceptin from Bristol-Myers Squibb. It's a miracle breast cancer drug. If you are HER2 positive, the right. HER2 gene Uh, this medicine basically keeps your cancer in check. It alters your DNA to make the cancer not advance but not retreat, and you live with it, and it's fantastic. Did you know that the HER2 gene was originally discovered in a pediatric brain tumor? Yeah, I knew that. An astrocytoma. No, you did In a pediatric astrocytoma. Did not Uh, know that. Yes. I
1: wrote about it. Quiet,
5: Jack. (laughs) This is in Jack's memoirs. Yeah. Right. Oh, God.
1: My what? Don't use Whatever happened words. Whatever one of the time-traveling sidekick? Don't use words I don't understand, like <laughs> memoirs. But get this.
5: Now, her too has now been shown to work, her septum that is, in young adult colon cancer. So they're giving this drug that was originally just for breast cancer to other body parts because it's about the genomics. Right. And that's where I feel so impassioned about the potential of stand-up. We're never going to do research. The I'm young the cancer, we'll never do research. But Stand Up to Cancer will be the place we send anybody if they want to donate to research from now on.
0: We're happy to let them do it. You guys have a great time, you and Lenny.
1: We're going to have a blast. We're going to have an absolute blast. Stand Lisa and I here. are actually going to snuggle and watch it together with a bowl of popcorn. I'm running
0: so far away from Jack oh, this weekend. And some
1: champagne and chocolate-covered strawberries. That is not going to work. Well, she did look into my eyes earlier. That's because you were bleeding from the ears. And that totally meant <laughs> what we were watching, that we were going to watch Stand Up to Cancer together on Friday.
0: This was a great show. <laughs> Crickets. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's 9/11. We're about to set, sign off, but we won't do so before talking about next week's guest.
5: Yes, uh, I guess. Shall I uh, rattle
0: them off for, for the good folks out there? Well,
5: it's part of our closing sequence. It is part of our so closing let, let's sequence. Let's launch our closing <laughs> sequence here.
1: Uh, I hear there's rumors on the uh, internet. You ever seen a grown man naked? And so, to all of you, a fond farewell. Hooray,
4: I'm helping.
2: You are a meeting. Oh, Magoo! Have
4: you done it again? That was so terrible. I think you gave me cancer.
0: All right, folks. This was a fantastic show. We'd like to thank all our guests, Matthew. Rattle them off who they were again.
1: Yeah? Jack <laughs> oh. Buffard, Lisa <laughs>
0: Bernhardt,
5: Doctor Leonard Sender, Laura Ziskin, and Ethan Zunt. You know, this is a hundred and forty seventh. Episode.
0: And next week, 148.
5: Yes, 148,
0: featuring Featuring Showtime's new series, The Big C. Check it out if you haven't seen it yet. First of all, in our survivor spotlight, Stephanie LaRue. She's a young adult survivor of breast cancer. She's a spokesmodel and a patient advocate. And then from Showtime, The Big C, the creator. The woman who put it together, pitched it, got it on the air, the executive producer, actor, writer, comedian, creator of Showtime's The Big C, Darlene Hunt. She'll be
5: here next week. We're so excited about that. Special thanks to Aaron Tolberg, Kenny Kane, and Catherine Camarina for being our interview guests. If you missed any of our past shows, check out the archives on iTunes. Just search for Stupid Cancer Show or go to stupidcancershow.com. Remember, folks, if it's not stupid, it's not cancer. We'll see you all back here next week live from our brand-new chemo deck. Jack LaFarre, Lisa Bernhardt, Amanda Freeman in spirit, and Captain Stuby and I wish you all a great week. Go to bed, boom-boom. Get busy living. On a friendly show.